and welcome into the latest edition of Blackhawks on Ice. I'm David Schuster, and we're brought to you by DraftKings and more from our sponsor in just a moment. On this podcast, we'll first recap Wednesday night's game against Toronto, then we'll have some post-game sound, and of course discuss the Hawks and the sexual assault scandal. First to the game, and look who came out like a house on fire for a change. It wasn't the opposition, as the Hawks finally got their first lead of the season five minutes in, as Kirby Doc scored on the power play, and then just minutes later, Alex Debrinkit took a pass and scored on a breakaway, so it was Hawks 2-0 after one. We move to period number two, where the Leafs got on the board six minutes in with John Tavares beating Kevin Lankin in, so it was 2-1 after two. Third period action now, and David Kampf scored against his old team, tying the contest at two apiece, and we moved to overtime, and it was the Leafs who prevailed as William Nylander scored on a breakaway, giving the Leafs the come-from-behind 3-2 victory. They get two points on the night, and they keep the Hawks winless on the season now with a record of 0-5-2. And before we get to uh, the rest of this podcast, let me just say that the NBA is back and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and oh yeah, Washington. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now to the sexual assault story. And by now, you probably have heard that the Hawks organization was involved in that assault story back in the year 2010 before the team won the first of their three Stanley Cups in six seasons. Kyle Beach has now come forward to say he was the player assaulted by former video coach Brad Aldridge. The result of a long investigation by a law firm here in Chicago determined that the Hawks management at the time covered up the story with the result being that people have now lost their jobs, including general manager Stan Bowman. Let's hear now from a bunch of members of the Hawks organization, and we start with CEO Danny Wirtz. I also want to share that Stan Bowman has stepped aside. Rocky and I appreciate Stan's dedication to the Blackhawks and his many years of work for the team. However, we and he ultimately accept that in his first year as general manager, he made a mistake alongside our other senior executives at the time and did not take adequate action in 2010. Stan exhibited extreme professionalism and integrity in cooperating in the investigation more so than his peers, and we cannot overstate the important role Stan played in revisiting that meeting in the report. I believe that if this had happened in 2021, with Stan at the helm, the Stan that I know and we know 
would have acted differently and been a louder voice in that room. None of the other executives who are involved in the Blackhawks response in 2010 will be with the organization moving forward. Current Vice President of Hockey Strategy and Analytics, Kyle Davidson, will take on the role of Interim General Manager as we begin our search for new hockey operations leadership. We will provide a further statement from Stan following this call. We talk a lot about hockey culture. I believe one of the beautiful parts of our game is the focus on team success over individual achievements and accolades. But that cannot come at the expense of individual safety and well-being. It is clear that in 2010, the executives of this organization put team performance above all else. John Doe deserves better from the Blackhawks. And while we believe we have a strong legal defense, I've instructed our lawyers to see if we can reach a fair resolution consistent with the totality of the circumstances. The Blackhawks are a very different organization than we were in 2010. And I'm not talking about wins and losses. I am confident that this would not be tolerated in our organization today. We deeply regret the harm caused to John Doe and the other individuals who were affected and our failures to promptly address these allegations as we became aware of them. As an organization, we extend our profound apologies to these individuals who suffered from the misconduct of our former employee. We must and will do better. What the Chicago Blackhawks do off the ice is equally as important as anything we do on it. Our family and executive team are committed to ensuring that the Blackhawks adhere to the highest ethical, professional, and athletic standards. We intend to win championships without compromising our integrity. And we hope that we can continue to earn the trust and support of the entire Blackhawks community as we move forward with this as our primary goal. And key players Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze also spoke following the game on Wednesday night. Most of the conversation was in regards to the sexual assault story. Here first is Kane. I uh, haven't watched it yet, but um, uh, just, um, you know, terrible situation and uh, very courageous for him to come out and um, let his name be known to the world after everything he went through. Um, you know, I knew Kyle pretty well from a couple different training camps um, and um, just uh, seemed like a happy-go-lucky guy and uh, always always in a good mood. So um, I think uh, hearing that it was him and uh, with the news and with everything going on, obviously um, feel for him, compassionate for him and his family and uh, um, which uh, back then we could have done some some different things or knew about some different things that uh, maybe we could have helped him. He had said that he felt like everyone in the locker room knew and that, you know, there were some players he felt, you know, he said that bullied him. Were, were you aware of that? Is there anything that you, you guys could have done differently? Or how, much, how much did you know? Yeah, I didn't know anything at the time. And, you know, even, uh, even today um, when uh, – you know, Kyle came out as John Doe. That's the first time I knew that it was uh, that it was him. So, um, and uh, as far as like the bullying and uh, 
different comments. Um, I don't remember any of that either. So, um, listen, I think it was, uh, uh, a terrible situation and, um, um, you know, obviously feel, feel for him if, uh, things were getting thrown his way, you know, tough words, bullying, um, uh, different things like that. So, um, you know, definitely feel for him if that stuff happened. Okay, Phil, uh, we can come back to you. We'll go to Mark Lazarus with The Athletic. As your mark, mic is active, you can go ahead. Hey, Patrick, uh, what were your thoughts as everything that went down yesterday, everything you learned in the report about what management did and, and more importantly didn't do uh, in 2010? As a player, uh, how did their failures sit with you? Well, it's tough. I mean, you have a lot of great memories from that year. And, um, um, you know, I think just kind of learning the news and how everything went down, um, probably, I mean, definitely could have been handled handled differently, um, most importantly for Kyle's sake. But uh, it seemed like the organization had to, you know, do what they had to do as far as uh, making some necessary moves as far as, you know, guys that were with the team back then that were still with the team now and uh, aren't with us anymore. So, um, you know, listen, I, I knew Stan very well. I know him as a great man. I, um, he did a lot for me personally, uh, uh, coming into the league and just, you know, over, over the course of my career, I'm sure he probably would have handled things a little bit differently, um, uh, nowadays, but, um, you know, what happened happened in the past and, uh, I think the organization made the right moves to, to you know, get the get the Blackhawks going forward in the right steps and uh, making making sure we're trending forward. Do all these revelations? Do they color your memories of that of that 2010 run in any way? Color my memories and like. I mean, does it does it does it tarnish it for you in any way? Well, I think you'll you'll always uh, you know have special memories from from that year. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing was, I think if a lot of us players knew at the time, you know, maybe we could have done some different things. I don't know what we could have done to, to change the situation. Obviously, Brad wasn't with us uh, after that year. Um, and uh, you remember hearing, you know, vaguely some different rumors, but nothing really too into detail what, what actually happened and why he left. But um, like I said, it was very vague. Um, but I think you always have good memories from that year. And then now it's, you know, everything coming to the light, you know, that might maybe overshadow it a little bit. We'll go now to Ben Pope with the Chicago Sun-Times. Ben, your mic is active. Go ahead. Hey, Patrick. Um, you mentioned that um, you knew uh, Kyle Beats from a few training camps. Just I wonder if you could go more into what your relationship was like with him. No, I just remember, you know, he was drafted the year after me. And uh, I remember um, just going out to eat with him a few times, um, you know, hanging out with him and uh, Akeem Alou as well. Um, us three seem to be together a lot, especially my second year in the league. Uh, would have been Kyle's first training camp. But um, like I said, just seemed kind of like a happy-go-lucky guy. And uh um, always seem to be in a good mood and joking around with the guys. Have you had a chance to talk to him yet uh, today, or do you plan to in the coming days? Yeah, I would like to. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sure he probably 
I don't know if he wants to hear from us uh, or not, but um, I would like to, I'd like to, you know, reach out to him and say that, you know, wish I knew more at that time in that situation, um, if I could have done anything to help him out or not. Um, but um, obviously he's been living with this a long time and uh, takes a lot of courage by him to put, uh, you know, his name behind the story. And the captain, Jonathan Taze, also was grilled by the media. Obviously, uh, I'm aware of, of the contents of the report. I haven't read it uh, entirely yet and, and just went over uh, briefly some of Kyle's comments uh, just after the game here. <clears throat> um, well, I mean, he, he's claiming that everybody on the team knew. We've heard a lot of different things from different players. Uh, what are your recollections from, from that spring of 2010? Listen, I mean, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I don't wish to um, exonerate myself in this situation anyway by saying that I didn't know. But um, the truth is that I had not heard about it until training camp the next year. Um, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't doesn't change what happened. It doesn't uh, it doesn't take that away. It doesn't you know make it go away. So um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, collectively, we're, we're you know, as players, um, if guys did know uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think we, we wish we could have done something differently, and myself included. Um, you know, at the end of the day, my heart goes out to Kyle for what he dealt with and uh, wish I could have done something. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's obviously not an excuse looking back, but um, the truth is a lot of us were focused on just playing hockey and doing what we're doing every single day. And, you know, if you do hear rumors, it's it's almost just in the back of your mind. And, you know, now when you go through the detail of it all, it, it looks ugly and it's really hard to stomach the fact that uh, you don't dive into something like that a little bit more and, and take it more seriously on the spot. But it's always easy to say, um, you know, in hindsight, and obviously it's a long time ago, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I feel a ton for, for what Kyle went through and what he's dealing with at this point too. So, um you know, I don't, I don't know what else to say. And, and you know, I think uh, the guys that were part of that group all wish they could have done something different. We'll now go to Scott Powers with The Athletic. Scott and Mike Zachary, go ahead, please. Hey, Jonathan. Kyle had said that he had been bullied and there were homophobic slurs used you know, toward him then, and also years after that. Were, were, you, were you aware of that? Do you know of players who did that to him? Um, no. I mean, I, I can't recall exactly how much time he spent with us here in Chicago, but um, I would say there was none of that here in Chicago. As, as captain, do you look at that time differently now? I mean, do you, I mean, you, you were pretty young, but I, I guess that, that some of this stuff may have been happening while you were captain. Do you, do you analyze that any differently? Well, you know, I, I think it, it, it puts things in perspective. And I think when you're, when you're, chasing your dream of winning a Stanley Cup, it's, it becomes the only thing. And uh, as they say, winning is everything and it just consumes your whole world. And, you know, obviously it was a special memory in a lot of ways, but when something like this that tarnishes it, it, it definitely uh, makes you realize that there's more life in hockey. And, and in so many ways, this is an unfortunate situation. Um, you know, I think winning the Stanley Cup that year is, is besides the point. So I think whether we won or not, um, we wish that this would have been dealt with differently in some ways. Probably. Um, we wish we could take it back and it never happened. And, and young players didn't have to deal with a situation like that. Absolutely. 
Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just tough all around. It's tough to say. We'll now go to Phil Thompson at the Chicago Tribune. Go ahead, Jonathan, uh, did Jenner and Block reach out to you and uh, if you did uh, cooperate with them, what, what did you tell them? Um, I told them exactly what I told you guys, like what I recall. And the specifics of that were um, a bunch of guys were talking about on the sidewalk outside the hotel, um, you know, just kind of briefly telling the story. It was the night before training camp started when we would have a, a, an organization meeting. Um, I think it was the Sutton Place Hotel at the time. And and uh, that was the first time I heard of the story. Um, and beyond that, like it's it was all speculation. And then that was as much as I could remember. So I, I tried my best. And I'm sure everyone did the same too, to share what they could to be helpful in, in the investigation. And hearing what you might have heard from the report and from the findings, does it change uh, your opinion or uh, your feelings about both the cup and some of the people that you work with, like Stan Bowman? What was the first person you mentioned? The, the part about uh, the, the, the findings from the Jenner and Block report. Does it change your feelings about the cup or Stan Bowman or any of the people that you work with, the organization? I mean, I, to me, the Stan and Al, uh, you know, make any argument you want. They're not directly complicit in, in the activities that happen. And, um, you know, it's not up to me to comment on, on whether they would have liked to deal with it differently or, or not. Um, I just know them as people and I've had a relationship and friendship with them uh, for a long time, just being part of the Blackhawks family. And, you know, people like Al and, and Stan have, have made uh, coming to the Blackhawks for players around the league who come here to play on this team uh, one of the special places uh, to, to play hockey. And, and um, you know, they're, to me, I have a ton of respect for them as people. And again, how this situation went down, what the timeline was, what they knew, I can't really comment on that. Um, it's, it's obviously a tough day, regardless of the mistakes that may have been made. For, for someone like Stan, who's done so much for the Blackhawks and, and, and Al as well, to lose everything they care about and their livelihoods as well. It's just, I don't, I don't understand how that makes it go away to just kind of delete them from existence and that's it, we'll never hear from them again. So I have a lot of respect for them as people. They're good people. And uh, again, when it comes down to how they feel about looking back on the situation, that's not up to me to comment on. Go to Ben Pope with the Chicago Sun-Times. Ben, you can go ahead. Hi, Jonathan. Uh, when you did find out uh, at training camp the following year, obviously uh, Aldrich was not with the organization anymore at that point, but did you um, consider doing anything at that point when you did find out? I mean, no, not really. I think, to be honest with you, and straightforward, I thought um, what I heard was this, was beginning and the end of it and uh not that it was a joke but it was something that that wasn't taken super seriously at the time and um you know i thought brad being let go or or resigning from the organization was the way that it was dealt with and to me it was uh water under the bridge so had i 
been more connected anywhere to the situation um, and known, you know, some of the more gory details of it, um, I like to say, yeah, I would have, I would have acted differently in, in my role as captain for sure. What was your relationship like with Kyle Beach um, and his time with the Blackhawks? Um, yeah, I just, I knew him as a kind of happy-go-lucky uh, kid that, that, you know, kind of had a mean streak in junior and he liked to stir things up and, and have fun. I think he played kind of a rough style on the ice and um, beyond that, I, I didn't get to know him too well because he never spent too much time in here in Chicago, but uh, yeah, it's, it's about it's about all I knew about him as a person and, you know, like I said, I haven't been in contact for quite some time. And finally, here is coach Jeremy Colleton. First of all, I just, I want to uh, clarify, I feel like I, in my media this morning, uh, I wasn't, uh, when I was talking about um, the report specifically, I, I should have been more, uh, I made a mistake in not being uh, more specific about my, uh, first of all, sympathy and uh, admiration for uh, the courage of the victims, uh, you know, of the, of the sexual assault, assaults, and, uh, you know, especially, certainly Kyle Beach, um, since we last talked, I mean, him coming uh, on TV and, and speaking as he did, I haven't seen everything, but I have uh, seen a couple of, of his quotes and obviously very powerful and um, he needs to be uh, commended and uh, took a lot, obviously, to go through what he's gone through. And uh, just personally, when I was speaking about the report um, and my thoughts on it, it would have been better to be more uh, specific to about the victims and, and they deserve to be recognized. And obviously, the organization and the Blackhawks and, and our team, uh, we know that you know, obviously that, that kind of thing can never happen again and, and we'll do everything we can to make sure it doesn't. So um, I just wanted to make sure I got a chance to say that. Um, I don't know if you guys want to talk about the game, but um, questions I'm ready for. We'll go to Scott Powers with the Athletic. Scott, you might second. Go ahead, please. Hey, Jeremy. I know you mentioned you only saw a bit of the Kyle Beach uh, interview, but what what stood out to you? What What, what hit home with you? Well, just I think anytime someone speaks about their their personal experience and the effect that you know, obviously it's uh, it's been a terrible thing that he's gone through, and and I mean he he's spoken out personally and put his name on it, but uh, the others involved too. I mean him him speaking out, um, it kind of shines a light or highlights what undoubtedly the other victims have gone through uh, similarly. So um, just his courage and putting his name on it and explaining, you know, his own, um, his experience and how it affected him. And I mean, obviously our situation is, is terrible. Uh, I'm sure he's, there's, he's not alone and, and there's other situations where people going through similar things that they may, um, he may be an inspiration to them to, to speak out. And so, um, obviously again, I deserves a lot of credit. There, there are people who wonder, you know, how a video coach had all this power over over him. But I guess as someone, you know, who's had to be in this situation, we're fighting for an NHL spot and, you know, probably 
you know, wondering whatever you can do and trying not to offend anyone. Can you understand the situation where he was in where he could be manipulated? Well, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to put myself exactly in his shoes, but I, and I don't want to speak for, for him, certainly. Um, but, you know, obviously everyone wants to, they want to, they want to make it and there's pressure and you feel like this is your chance. So any, any position of power is, um, you know, we've got to obviously protect people and it's up to us in the leadership positions to do everything we can to, to protect those without power. And, um, you know, I, it's hard to speak in specific circumstances and a lot of things in the report, you know, I just learned yesterday and, and it's, it's tough to read, as I said earlier today. Um, and it's, it should never happen. Obviously. I think we all agree on that. We'll go now to Ben Pope, who sometimes. Ben, your mic's active. Go ahead. Hey, Jeremy. Uh, I guess we should ask what what did you think of the game tonight? Well, I think uh, we did a lot of good things that give ourselves a chance to win. I, I liked I liked our start. I liked our energy. I think we just played a played a very um, mature game, uh, moving pucks ahead. Really good close support. Uh, hard for checking, found ways to, to force turnovers and, and created offense from that. Um, I thought we were, were good defensively. I mean, they got some really elite, elite weapons uh, on their team and, and they tested us. You know, a, a lot of their chances came from their power play. Their power play was really dangerous tonight, I thought. We battled. Um, you know, we just didn't, didn't kill the game when we had our chances, uh, whether that was, you know, up 2 0. We can make it that third one or even in the beginning of the third period we had the power play we had a couple posts um we're right there so hard to go in after the game and then talk to the guys when they i thought they played really hard they didn't get rewarded with two points one point is you know it's something to build on but um we gotta the only way to to get through it is just keep pushing and understand that this adversity is going to make us better in the end so once again, the Hawks lost their game on Wednesday night, 3-2 in overtime at the United Center against Toronto, and they now have just two points through their first seven games of the still young season. And next up, a couple of games on the road, Friday at Carolina, and then Saturday at St. Louis. Once again, thanks for listening to Blackhawks on Ice.